Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. Uh, you can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me just about anywhere audio podcasts are at. Uh, my guest today is Phil Avante of All That Remains. Uh, today my topic is, you guys know I usually like to do topics, but uh, every now and then I do a Who Is segment. And so, uh, And this is going to be a Who Is Phil Avante. So we're just going to be mostly talking about him, his progression, shit like that. We might cover some other stuff. We'll probably cover a little, a tad bit of current events, which is ironic because I have my show set to release a week or two later, so it won't make sense later. But there was some big shit that popped off today, so <laughs> I kind of had to talk about it. Um, yeah, as always, I like money, so give me that. Uh, Patreon.com says no way, Jose 2020. You can also give me crypto at endthefed.app. With that, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Phil. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, it's fucking good. surreal being here with you. Like, I used to fucking, in high school, be listening to fucking Fall of Ideals. Sick, man. <laughs> yeah, I think Sick. I stole it from my buddy. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I don't remember why. I, I don't know if you gave it to me or I stole it, but I, it was mine after that, so I didn't give it you know, back. <laughs> it, you, you might have stole, you might have thought you stole it, but really, you know, it, just, it was just a few years after that record came out where all music became free anyways. Mm-hmm. As soon as the iPod came, or the, uh, the iPhone got out and people were like, oh, I got to have the iPhone. Within three years, all mute like the price of music didn't matter anymore. You know. Yeah, I mean, I was CD, so I mean, I I've always been a little more uh, old school. I was like, I did, I mean, everything I've always jumped on late when it comes to the technology side of things. So I was very much still a CD guy at that point. So yeah. I I jacked that CD and uh, I listened to that thing on like repeat. I'm sure you hear this all the time, but that that fucking album was killer. <laughs> so. I I tell you what, it, it when you. It, for me to to be you know to have done a record that has kind of touched so many people it doesn't get old you know when people are mm-hmm. like i really love that you know it's like i it's the record that put us on the map it's uh it's the record that has made you know my whole career possible so i uh i appreciate that you enjoyed it and and i appreciate any anytime anyone says hey man i love this record or this song or whatever it's uh it's a big deal to me because the, you know all that remains has been my job for you know the better part of the past 15 years you know 16 years something like that so it's uh it's deeply humbling and something i'm really really grateful for yeah it's just funny too because like just the the nature of the type of music you produced and like the time in my life when i was listening to it and then what we're doing now like we're mostly going to be talking about you like your philosophy your morality <laughs> your theism atheism or or you know shit like that like if you told 17 year old me that they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like this just doesn't why would you be talking to phil Avanti about that like it just didn't make sense like i was literally like i was on a show the other day and we were talking about how i was coming oh, gonna be coming on having you coming on and i was like i legit was like snorting rails off of convenience store bathrooms while <laughs> listening to this shit so it's like <laughs> nice <laughs> like i was doing degenerate shit at this time of my life so awesome it's just, it's just weird Part- that, like now it's come full circle <laughs> partying properly <laughs> yeah no I, I i had a, a crazy life so i was i was very much the jock type but i also was like and i also was like made good grades but like because of that i was able to keep my head under the radar to where people didn't know what the fuck i was really doing you, <laughs> you, you kept it together enough so that way you could party hard and have a good yeah. time but still keep your uh keep your parents <laughs> off your 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 cocaine scent yeah exactly <laughs> No, it's funny. So I, all right, fucking current events. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm getting at. Which, I mean, whatever. This is a perk of being a patron. This will actually make sense. It'll be kind of funny because it's like a couple of weeks from now when this releases, it'll kind of come more into focus, like the effects of this. Because I'm more concerned what you think the f- effects are. I'm assuming you, you, do you have any idea what I'm getting at, or, or any more clear? Because it was pretty well, big, I mean, big thing today. 
<laughs> the things that I've I've noticed that are the things that I've heard about today are the the inflation and the uh, what looks like it's going to be a legit war in Israel. Oh, um, okay. So I don't know. I'm I, I might be onto it, or I mean, there's also there was the uh, the if you're vaccinated, you cannot wear a mask anymore. Like as yeah. if they you know as if they had any goddamn authority to fucking tell you what you could wear in the first book. You know where you could if you had to wear a mask or not in the first place. You know so. Uh, but no, what, what, what is it that, uh, that's on your mind? It was, it was that exactly. I don't know. I guess maybe it's more prolific to me because it just, when it happened, it just seems so surreal. Cause like, we've been talking about this forever that like, this is where they're going with it. This is what we're doing. Yeah. They're going to dangle the carrot and be like, Hey, yeah. if you're vaccinated, you know, whatever. And it's also like in my head, like, it's weird that they're doing this, like if you're vaccinated, but they don't really have the infrastructure necessarily or buy-in in place for their like vaccine passport thing. So is this yeah. them giving up or should we, or is this, they're going to institute the vax passport thing. So like, I don't know. I'm like, it's very, I, I, I you know what I mean? It's kind of weird. And it's also, you can go a whole lot of different ways with this. It's just, just very odd. And I feel like it's kind of weirdly significant, although it's kind of not because in reality, everyone, I mean, I'm, you're in Texas, I'm in Florida. I mean, no one gives a fuck where I'm at. Like yeah. we were sort of where at places, but it's more like, you know, just leave me the fuck alone, whatever I'm wearing this. And then we'll take it off and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think honestly, the administrate the the federal administration the, the the Biden administration is playing catch up. I think mm -hmm. that because Texas and Florida have shown uh, that they're you know they they've said you know we're not going to do this anymore. You know, Texas I know Abbott would did it got rid of it in March. I think it was. I'm not sure when DeSantis did, but I mean I'm not even, I don't think DeSantis ever had like a mandate for the whole state. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, both Texas and Florida have kind of, you know, just done their own thing and cases have gone down and people have gone out and about their lives and cases have been going down. So the rest of the country is seeing that and they're just kind of like, well, you know, we are going to go ahead and start doing what we want to do. And also you see. Uh, what's going on in California with the recall for uh, Newsom, and that's 100%, um, you know, because of the uh, the lockdowns and stuff in California and stuff. People are getting sick of it, and I think that it, it, the writing is just on the wall. And so I think the administration was like, we need to save face and figure out a way to look like we're being proactive about this and pull back and pull back the restrictions because no one's listening to them anyways you know mm -hmm. um i think that that's the most likely scenario yeah i mean this good so, bunch of different ways i am kind of curious if this means that it will kind of further to the divide between the red and the blue states because i could s totally see the blue states because it said in that thing like aside from like local state whatever mandates so i could totally see like say like cali like fucking then like still being like, well, we're still doing this until you're vaccinated or maybe pushing down more on the vax passport type thing in their areas. But then the other places like the red states are going to feel more of a permission to kind of let up more. So I, I don't know, because it's kind of the same. It's almost the reverse of what happened with Trump, like with uh, where, when the shit first popped off, where he kind of very much put it off the states. And this yeah. is almost in a kind of a way like Biden putting it off the states. So it's like, uh, is this going to like further that divide, which I'm actually all for that divide, like. I mean, sure, I'm not necessarily yeah. like a secession type guy. I mean, I, I'm fine with either way. I'm, I, I mean, I, I would prefer more of like a soft secession because I'm like, I, we'll talk about this later, but I'm, I'm an anarchist and I would prefer, I sure. think freedom is going to be more presentable in a soft secession type scenario. I don't necessarily think we should be like this, like, 
divided teams where it's like I'm no longer in the state, I'm in the state, whatever. I would, it would almost be better if it was more like the red states were just like, well, we're just not doing that. So, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have this formal, like, we're leaving, but it could just be like, yeah. I mean, if they don't do it, they don't do it. Like, that's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. So. I mean, that, that, that just reminds me of, like, you know, Tom Wood's kind of uh, perspective on nullification, mm-hmm. you know, where you just kind of say, okay, you guys can do that. We're just not going to do that here. Yeah. You know, and, and, and DeSantis has really been, you know, the guy that's kind of leading the charge on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been very much like, or, or it seems from an outsider's view that he's been very much like, you know, this is what we're doing in Florida and you, you know, the rest of the country, you guys can do what you want to do. Um, but we're going to do this here and it's worked out pretty well. And I think that that's the way that it should be. Um, I think. I think that I like the idea that you're talking about of a soft, soft secession. Um, I'm not so much like we need to get away as much as I am. If the federal government is going to try to enforce things, then if the, then we need the state governments to, to interpose themselves between the populations and the federal government. And if necessary, then we might have to have a, a you know a, a secession. I've I've been a proponent of an Article Five uh, convention of states to hopefully uh, kind of cut some of the power off from uh, DC. Um, I would like to see the states assert themselves, um, and I'm open to everything up to and including. State amending the constitution so states can secede if that that prevents a civil war if there was some kind of you know actual civil conflict between states or people in the states or whatever you know team red and team blue or whatever bullshit they people want to go ahead and call it um if it prevents a war then i'm good because or i'm for it because i think i mean the last civil war we had half a million people die and i, I can't imagine that it, the death toll would be less I am. I envision something, and this is just the, you know what I I'm, imagine it would be. But I imagine a, something along the lines of what's going on in Syria, where you've got multiple factions fighting each other. Excuse me, one second. Hey, get out of there, my dog. You're good. Get in there. I scared the crap out of her too, because um, she knows she was doing something she's not supposed to. And she she got busted. Get in there, kennel. Um, so yes, I imagine, you know, something like Syria where it's like, I mean, I could, I could very easily see the cops, local cops fighting against, uh, you know, some of the anarchist groups that are looking for, you know, confrontation with the police, possibly feds getting involved. Uh, uh, if you have anarchist groups that are going out, some of the, some of the more, the left leaning and, uh, anarchist groups like Antifa and stuff, if they go, start going out and mess with messing with people that are kind of just the leave me alone people, I can see those people, you know, taking up arms and being like, all right, if you come into our neighborhood, you know, we're going to have a problem because we did see that last summer. Um, Antifa had gone into some, some more residential neighborhoods and you had people that were just like, you know, locals that were just normal people that weren't really political that were just like, you're not going to come into our neighborhood and smash our place up. Um, yeah, I live in the know. country. I got a little excited when they said they were coming. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm sympathetic to anarchists because I like the idea of a, of small, you know, or non-existent government. You know, I, I like when Michael Malice says we, we should have 330 sovereign countries in, in this geographic area. I like that idea. Um, I don't see it happening, but that doesn't mean I'm opposed to it, you know? Um, so you know, if, if we could, if we, if we can see that working out, uh, in a, a, an organized manner where you don't end up with like warlords, like they had in the Chaz and, and, you know, uh, unqual I say unqualified people running around <laughs> with, uh, with, with guns, just deciding that they're the law. I mean, that's um, kind of where we're at anyways. <laughs> so. I mean, you know, <laughs> If, you, if you're law enforcement yeah. and you're enforcing immoral laws, you are wrong. In yeah, case and then, you're unaware. Yeah. And you look at foreign policy, wrong. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's kind of funny because people always say the warlords thing. It's like, uh, I mean, we yeah, kind of have the biggest warlords right now. We do. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. I, mean, I that yeah. The irony of that statement is not, not lost on me. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure you've heard it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm familiar with anarchists, you know, yeah. a lot of anarchist uh, arguments. And I think that they, the, the anarchists have some really, really, really great arguments. Um, yeah. and, and I think that, you know, anarchy, anarchy in a, a libertarian, libertarian type anarchy is something that's very attractive to me. Um, we haven't seen how, or I don't, I don't see how we get to that point, but that doesn't mean that I'm opposed to it. You know, um, especially when when the, uh, you know, the option that we have now is a lot of untrained people, you know, a taser, taser, taser and shooting people with guns. You know, that kind of, I mean, don't tell me that things are going to be significantly worse when you have, you know, politically motivated law enforcement uh, telling your your normal citizens that are just trying to live their lives and go to work. They you know, they can't you know, they, they can't drive their car down there because there's a protest that's, you know, protesting the police that are telling the people that they can't drive their car to work, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not against, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have arguments against anarchy other than show me how it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not, that's not, again, that's not an argument against it. It's just, let me see how it works. And if it yeah. works cool, because I'm not, I'm not, committed to the state i'm not committed to like i'm not a, a back the blue dude you know i'm not that that kind of dude at all it's like if you're doing a good job and you're doing the things that your community wants cool i back that because your community wants it if you're not then you're part of the problem yeah it sounds to me like uh you may actually be an anarchist <laughs> uh, <laughs> just judging I, by I, some things you said but uh you know i i, I, I we'll, we'll get into that later but uh sure. I don't want to lead into it too much, but there's a lot of people who say that they don't see how it could happen, but it's, it's not like you can be an anarchist and still recognize that anarchy will never exist. And I don't know, maybe sure. you've heard that before, but it's just, it's almost more of like a frame of mind and understanding uh, who has legitimacy over who, but, yeah. uh, cause it, it, I mean, whether it exists or not, I actually think that, uh, government like say something like racism is probably a good example. It will always exist. There will always be some person somewhere that thinks they have some moral right to rule someone else. And people, and sure. there will be people who think that there are people who have a moral right to rule them. 
I mean, that's just it's, it's just a kind of a human nature thing. But it, it, yeah. just like with racism, there's always going to be in group preference. There's going to be people who you know are scared of other like things that are other from them. So it's just a matter of like you know. I mean, I'm, I'm I've said many times. I don't, I mean, I'm not a fan of racism, but at the same time, as long as you aren't like using violence, like, I don't really care. Really, that's like the big issue. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, that's 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 uh that's one of those uh that's something that like the the people a lot of the people in the Mises caucus of the uh libertarian party kind of you know adopt and it makes sense because you if you're if you have bad opinions, which is what racism you know boils down to, they're just really, really shitty opinions. Um, but you keep them to yourself and you're not attacking people and you're not hurting anyone. And some people say that the nap is, is made up and, and whatever and fine. You know, I mean, I get why they say that, but if you're not, you know, committing violence to other people and hurting other people, I don't think the state or anyone else has any business trying to thought police you. And really, if you're trying to stamp out racism or whatever, it really does. At some point you're like, look, you're trying to thought police people. It's like, if you got shitty opinions, stay away from me with your shitty opinions. I don't want to hear about them, but I don't think anyone should be trying to find people's shitty opinion, find the people with shitty opinions and then re-educate them because that's where you get into some real scary shit too. Yeah, no, I mean, the racism ends up just being this big, scary boogeyman that it's ever changing definition. So like it's it. Yeah. But I, I just like using it as an example of like the anarchism thing, because it's like it's one of those things that will never go away. It, yeah. But it's like one of those things where it's like you still it still should be shunned. Would probably yeah. be a good way to put it, because it's kind of the same thing with racism. I'm not a fan of it. I will not aggress against you if you have that that thing. Just like I guess it necessarily won't aggress against you if you believe in the 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 myth of authority that there are people who have the right to rule over you. I won't aggress yeah. against you, but you like I mean unless you aggress against me. So and I actually do think the NAP is made up, but it's a useful made up thing. So yeah. <laughs> So, but we'll, we'll kind of get it. I can, let's talk about you a little bit. I kind of want to know about, you know, obviously you're well known for your music. So I kind of like, we'll start off with that kind of softball shit. We'll start off with the, like how you got into music and maybe how that's affected your thinking and such. <laughs> I got into music because, uh, I mean, when I was 14 years old, I was given a guitar and I think like the, the first bands that I got into were like, probably the first band was like probably poison in like 86 when I was like 11 and yeah. then it was very quickly after that it was Def Leppard, and then after Def Leppard it was Iron Maiden, and Iron Maiden was my favorite band for a long time. And then I got into Metallica and started getting into thrash bands and Slayer, and then into you know death metal bands like Cannibal Corpse and Carcass and Entombed and Grave. Hey, <laughs> come here, you Django, come get in here. I haven't taken the garbage bag out yet, and she's after it. She's like, I know there's some stuff I can get into. Get in there. Um, so yeah, it was like gar like death metal and stuff, and uh, that was what I did when I was you know teen into into my early twenties. It was just playing in heavy death metal bands, and I never thought that it was going to be um, a job because the, my favorite bands, I would go and see them and there would be 50 or 100 or 150 people at the show because the music was really heavy and you know i didn't expect to 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 ever be in a band that paid the bills because those bands didn't pay the bills i knew they went home 
and worked a day job. <laughs> Hold on one second. I'm going to get this thing. <laughs> You're good. It's very right, much problem solved. You're good. It's very much like podcasting these days. And if you're getting into it to get rich, you're you're fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're totally wrong. Totally wrong. I you mean, you, it's not bad to make a little bit of money, but definitely don't expect to be making buku bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I figured I I figured I'd be, have a full time job, and I you know go on tour when I could, and you know write a record and and stuff. And that was that was like the goal. Like that's really all that I had in mind. And then as time progressed and, and, you know, we saw, I saw other bands that, that, uh, I'd come up with, you know, start to go out on tour and we started to go on tour and I was like, wow, maybe we can actually, you know, maybe I can actually do this more than just like on the weekends. Maybe I can go on tour and come home and work a job and then blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, and then, then we did the fall of ideals and like, it was like, Oh, Hey, you know, uh, we're going to go ahead and put you on a, uh, a video game and you know we're gonna get this song in uh the saw soundtrack and blah 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 and we're gonna do these videos and blah 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 and i was like holy cow this might actually be like a job that i'm gonna do and then you know from there it it you know kind of snowballed and and i'm super happy to be able to do this as the only thing you know be the be in a band and and i guess technically it, it's it's a content creator which is what a lot of people are now um but you know in in the aughts, you know, the early aughts, it, it was uh, it was doing whatever I could to get the next record out, and now it's uh, now it's you know what I do for a living, and I'm super yeah. uh, super lucky. So, yeah, no, I mean it's one of those things. It's like one of those like it's like living the life type things. It's like uh, yeah, I mean it's like the that you got to do what you fucking want to do for fun. So I mean it's I kind of like yeah, it's like when someone's mind like blowing. <laughs> it's like when someone's like in professional sports. It's kind of like. You're like, I mean, a lot of people, I play sports. It's like, I would love to sure. get fucking paid to do that. That would be dope, but I'm yeah. just not good enough. I mean, it, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure there, it does feel like weird sometimes. You're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been doing it. Uh, I've been doing only a band since 2000. Like the last time I had a job was 2004. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're going on, you know, 18, 17, 18 years or something like that. And, uh. And it does. There, there are times when I'm still like, I can't believe that we have been able to do this for this long. Because realistically, most bands don't get to put out 10 records. And we've got, you know, we'll put out our 10th record next year, you know. And and I don't see any reason why we won't put out an 11th, you know. Maybe we won't put out a full length because nowadays working with record labels is, you know, you don't, I mean, you don't really need to have a record label the way that you used to. And especially for a band like All That Remains that we have uh, a fan base and, and there are people that when we put out a record, there are going to be people that are going to check it out and listen. And there are going to be people that come to our shows just because they want to hear six and just because they want to hear this calling and just because they want to hear two weeks and just because they want to hear what if I was nothing and just because they want to hear, you know, these songs that, that have been around forever. When we go on tour, we can only add usually one or two new songs from the new record, you know, because people with, you know, with 10 records, people expect to hear certain songs. And so, you know, we're not going to go and play a tour without doing, you know, the air that I breathe and without doing this calling and without doing, you know, two weeks and without doing the last time. And without, you know, we've got 
multiple songs that have have done really really well for us at radio so we have to do these songs because that's why people are showing up so if we put out a record that's cool but in the future we might not put out a full record we might start doing what like a lot of uh hip-hop and r&b artists do is put out two or three songs you know uh, put out two or three songs and then go on tour for those couple songs and then go home and, and write a couple more and you know put out six songs a year or or four songs a year and do two tours and 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 that might be the future i don't know but uh i don't see i don't see record companies being the uh the alluring the alluring mm -hmm. thing to a band like all that remains in the future well i mean i don't want, why should i give them you know <laughs> the rights to our music yeah, Screw no, I, I think they're going to be like one of those things that just dies here yeah. soon because it just doesn't even make sense anymore. It's just so easy to put out content. Like, you yeah. don't need any any middleman. It's just, but yeah, it's kind of mm -hmm. funny. I never thought of it that way. You're like weirdly kind of suffering some, from success because I, I got to think there must be some weird uh, component to like touring where it is like the same, a lot of the same songs, but at the same time, you have guys have such a big portfolio where it is a, there is a big so it's not like you're that like uh god i wish I could, there's some comedy bit that came to mind i can't think of it where it's like some like one hit wonder where it's like you know you know just like drunk people at a bar like play this yeah, <laughs> yeah. i you know and it it is it like that's another thing that's that i've got to be super grateful for it's like there are people that want to hear uh what if i was nothing you know that that are only there because they heard uh, our cover of the thunder rolls but at the same show, there's going to be people that are there that are just praying to God that we play the weak willed from the fall of ideals and hoping that we do uh, dead wrong from for we are many. So it's, we really do have, you know, a lot of stuff that has really resonated with a lot of people. And we're fortunate that like we could go on tour with, you know, I mean, the black we could go on tour with the Black Dahlia murder and play an entire hour long set that is as bit every bit as heavy as as you know the black dolly murder or at the very least all the songs would fit perfectly fine on that tour and we can go on tour with a band like buck cherry and play an entire set where people are like okay yeah that makes sense that they're they're on tour with buck cherry it's a little heavier we could go on tour with seven dust and play an entire set that where it fits perfectly with seven dust and there's not a lot of bands that can do that you know um most bands can't walk that line or or dip both their you know dip their toes into heavy and then dip their toes into kind of the rock radio stuff and we've been fortunate that that we've been able to do what we want as a band and write the kind of songs and music that we want and and still make it into a career yeah y'all got some pretty good range so that's worked out well for you as well all right let's move along i want to kind of talk about like i reed actually was the one who sent me along a fucking uh a link to be like, yo, we need to check this out. Cause we, we talked a lot about religion and shit on his episode. And it was like a round table with like you, him and some other guy. And it was like, and I was like, shit. Like, I, I mean, I'd seen you on other stuff before, but I was like, this motherfucker is like, not that I thought you were ever like dumb, but it's just like, you know, it's kind of like when somebody starts on, you're like, holy fuck, there's a lot more going on in there than I thought. And sure, so I was sure. like, I was like, all right, cool. I need to bring him on. We need to talk about this. Uh, I mean, I shot my shot. Somehow you fucking saw, right, saw me and fucking answered back. But, uh, you know, because it's like you got like goddamn near 100K followers. So I was like, yeah. I'm just going to get lost in the DMs. It was funny. I was like, I talking about this dude. It was this thing where I sent like uh, I on Twitter, I sent you a thing. And I was like, hey, you know, it'd be nice to come on your show or whatever. And then like you well, actually I didn't say it first. I said something that mentioned you. You liked and retweeted it. And then I fucking was like, oh, hey, I saw you did that. And I was like, hey, it'd be great to come on your show or you have you come on my show or some shit. 
and you liked it. And I was just like, I was like joking with a buddy. I was like, this is like when you're like young and dating and there's some chick that's <laughs> like kind of giving you eye contact and you're like, does she want me? Like, I don't, uh, is she just being friendly? <laughs> yeah, right. What's up, girl? What's up, girl? Like, Come on over and hang I, out at my house. <laughs> like, is it appropriate to DM? I don't know. But yeah, anyways, yeah, that's kind of got me wanting to bring you on the religion part because I was like, holy shit. Like, because I'm mm-hmm. an atheist. Me and uh, Reed's an atheist. That was like a big part of, from, a big part of my life for me. Like, become going from atheist or theist to atheist. I thought it was kind of interesting because it seemed like for you, you were like, it wasn't as big of a deal for you. You were kind of like, it sounded to me, correct me if I'm wrong, you were more like the, uh, I don't know, like, for example, my parents divorced or growing up. My, my mom was the one who was super religious. My dad was the one who would bring me to, like, Easter, like, once a year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it sounded to me you were more like the latter. Like, my dad, your your family was more like my dad's family than it was, like, my mom's. That, like, yeah. made it so I couldn't read Harry Potter and shit like that. Like, it wasn't a huge part of your life. So I'm kind of interested, like, how that affected you, how that played in your thinking. Because, obviously, at some point, you had to make that jump from theist to atheist. But was it as big of a deal for you as it was for, like, me and Reed, where it was, like, such a huge part of our lives? Or no? When I was growing, I mean, I went to Catholic school uh, growing up from, I think, from s- first grade, I think, until uh, until like seventh grade. And I think that um, my parents wanted us to go to wanted to, us to go to Catholic school, mostly because they didn't like the public schools, which I mean, in the eighties the public schools certainly weren't what they are today. Um, Excuse me, but they really just wanted to have, they wanted to have us um, out of public schools. And so I went, you know, I went to Catholic school. It wasn't a very strict Catholic school. I went to, went to school in Massachusetts. I grew, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. So there wasn't a lot of the, Southern kind of Baptist or Pentecostal, very, very strict religious uh, people, at least not where, you know, where I was from Catholics, they, they tend not to be very, very strict in the, in the, the dogma, I suppose. But I did go to church. I did the whole, you know, I was an altar boy. I had the first communion and, and uh, I did it until, until like seventh or so grade, eighth grade, like, uh, I was probably, I imagine I was like 11 or 12, I think, when I when I stopped going to Catholic school and I started going to public school. And so from then on, it was like, you know, I, uh, I don't know that I really believe this. Um, I kind of started to think, well, maybe this is kind of like Santa Claus. Maybe this is just something they tell you, you know, for to get you to do, you know, to be a good boy or whatever, be a good kid. Um, and thankfully I didn't have some kind of negative experience that I blamed on religion or that came from religion. Um, so there wasn't a lot of animosity towards religion. Um, I, there wasn't a lot of animosity towards my family for, for us going to Catholic sermons and stuff. It was a really, really, it was all a, a positive experience. Like the, you know, I wasn't molested by the priest, you know, like it was, it was totally, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember, but, uh, but yeah, like I, there was no, you know, it was very wholesome, good, you know, 
uh, positive experiences. The the like there weren't nuns at the uh, at the Catholic school that I went to. They didn't smash our fingers with rulers or anything. All the horror stories that you you hear. Um, so and when I left Catholic school, it was just like, hey, you know, my friends, they're they're not in Catholic school. The friends that I hung out with outside of school were uh, the kids that were near me and they went to public school. So I wanted to hang out with, you know, I wanted to go to school with my friends and, and, you know, and kind of do that whole, like, cause the Catholic school had kids from all over the city and none of the kids that lived near me went to the Catholic school. So um, my parents were like, okay, you can, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put you into, into public school. So I didn't have, any kind of significantly negative experience from, from religion at all. Um, so it was just kind of, okay, I, I, I really don't think that I believe this anymore. And uh, it was a very smooth transition. And I wonder if I ever actually believed in, in like life after death and stuff uh, because, you know, aside from the, I guess, aside from the, the standard existential dread that everyone gets when they kind of think about the grave, uh, too, too long and too hard. Um, there was never like a, uh, um, there was never anything like, Oh, I'm angry that I believed this. And I'm angry that these people lied to me. And, and I'm angry that I was, you know, taken in by this dogma or whatever. Cause you know, it's just like, well, I don't really believe that anymore. So I can just kind of go about my life. Yeah. I think there's something to the fact that <clears throat> like me and Reed had that, like it was way bigger, a bigger part of our lives. So we ended up having mm -hmm. that like angry atheist phase. So sure. like, it seems like you kind of, since it was never like a huge part of your life necessarily, it kind of wasn't a way, but wasn't another, you didn't have that. And I think that kind of contributes to something you're getting at in his episode. Uh, and it's something that my thinking is starting to come around to now that I think the angry atheist phase is worn off. I'm starting to, I'm not, still not necessarily sold on it. It's been a thought I'm entertaining thinking maybe there is some sort of utility to people being religious. Uh, yeah. like I, I'm still, I can, I can argue both sides of the fence on this one easily. I'm, I'm not sold on either, but I think there might be some utility to it. And I thought a great example of this was you guys, I don't remember who brought it up. But you guys brought up the founders, and uh, and it, then they kind of brought up like, well, well, a bunch of the founders were the theists and deists, or, or atheists or deists, and it was kind of like. Mm -hmm. But in my head, then it immediately was like, yeah, um, but the large populace of the United States at that time was religious, so it's kind of like, it's the populace was religious at large, and then you had these like kind of leaders. Like I, I'm an anarchist, but I'm not against leaders. I'm not. I mean, I, it's rulers sure. that I have an issue with. So whether it be thought leaders, so, I mean, I don't. I, I kind of I do think in a future society in a true free society you would have leaders per se you know they just be more like thought leaders yeah. and in this situation they were thought leaders slash kind of rulers but they were not religious but slash kind of religious and then they had these large populace of people under them that were and I think there might be something to that that like because I, I was talking to Reed and I've this one I've been mulling over too is I kind of don't really. Like, I do care how you reach, reach a conclusion, but if I can get you to the same conclusion as me, like, say, especially in relation to, like, liberty, then I'm great with that. If 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 Christianity is the best way to get you there or whatever, or natural rights or the NEP or whatever it is to get you there, if I can get you to the same conclusion as me, hell yeah, that's where I want you to be. I mean, I, we can work on the way you got there because I do think to some extent it does matter your reasoning to arrive at a position because it can affect your further reasoning going forward. 
But there is something to Christianity. It's like this kind of prepackaged like ideology that's already sort of semi kind of ish friendly. And I know a lot of people are like there. A lot of them are very much statist too. But I mean, they're they're also you can easily if you have the cursory. And Jose. Rut row. Is that you or is that me? I'm going to check my internet. Oh, there you go. Dude, where'd, right. I lo- where'd I lose you? I don't know the fuck it's doing this lately. It's fucking irritating <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, you were just saying that you didn't care uh, how people got to where they, where they, uh, yeah. where, God. you know, to liberty. It didn't really matter. <laughs> Super embarrassing. I've had a long period of time where this never happened. I don't know why the fuck the last few times it has, but whatever. Anyways, no, I fuck, I just kind of like, I think there's something to religion have this like prepackaged idea of like, hey, like generally speaking, it's kind of sort of good ish. You can kind. It's an easy kind of semi sort of pathway to get someone to liberty. And a lot of people say that a lot of yeah. them are status and stuff. But it's like you can all easily just sped off Bible verses or be like, "Well, did Jesus really think that?" And, I mean, it's, I mean, me and you both know that the thousands year old fucking book. It's you can kind of make it believe whatever the fuck you want it to believe. But there's yeah. but modern day depiction of that prepackaged ideology is fairly friendly to liberty so there's sure. something to that so uh, yeah i mean the, the founders the founders believed that you couldn't have a free society without a virtuous society and i think that uh when when you there's a lot of talk nowadays about rights but nobody talks about responsibility and with rights come responsibility they are two sides of the same coin you have the right to defend your own life, but you have a responsibility to not harm someone else in that defense, you know? So like people talk about, you have, you have the right to, uh, you know, you have the right to, to the freedom of speech. Right. But in a society where you get along with people, you have a responsibility to not use that freedom to just go around insulting people and hurting people and, and hurting people's feelings and, and stuff like that. You have the right to privacy, right? But because you have the right to privacy, that means that you have a responsibility to not hide things from the people that you care about and not, not destroy relationships with people, you know, like, Every right that you have, there is a corresponding responsibility. Um, And you can't have that without a virtuous people, um, a moral people. And there are the what is considered moral in at least in in the U.S. and in Western civilization more broadly is really dictated by Judeo Christian thought, you know, because, you know, the the some of the indigenous tribes in South America. Uh, I don't remember which, which one it was. So I don't want to go ahead and speak out of turn, but I know there was one that would, you know, they, they practiced human sacrifice. That was moral to them because they believed that this was how you made God happy. And this would provide for the rest of the tribe. Well, in Western, in Judeo Christian thought, human sacrifice is not acceptable. That's immoral. And 
when you take Judeo-Christian morality and apply it to the state that all people are, have a spark of divinity in them, that all people are endowed by their creator with certain rights. And these rights are the right to own your own life, to own property, to act in the world in a way that will best produce happiness and satisfaction for that person without violating the, uh, the rights of other people then you apply that to a government and you end up with something that is similar to, if not the United States particularly, but more broad Western democracies um, or Western republics. I'm not a big fan of, of democracy per se. I think it's a good tool, but because of the fact that too many people think that a democracy would allow them to vote people's rights away. I got to put the brakes on there. It's like, hold on, democracy's only a tool and you can have bad results uh, with democracy. So that's a little asterisk or whatever on, on what I'm saying. I but. just started the uh, audiobook on democracy, the God that failed. So I don't know if you've, uh, if you've looked in that at all. Mm. So, but that the concept being in that, no, book, but I should. Yeah. It's a, by Hoppe. It's one of those books that was like impossible to go hold of. And they finally got around to putting on audible because it's, it's like one of those ones always out of print, but it's like a super famous book. Uh, it's just Hans Hermann Hoppe. And in that yep. one, he goes into how actually monarchy is superior to democracy. <laughs> <laughs> but if you hear spicy, if you hear about it, it makes spicy. sense. Like if you hear about <laughs> it, it makes sense. Cause it's like a monarchy is usually passed on from person from a, like through sure. a bloodlines and they actually have a, they have more of a, you know, incentive to keep the country together. You know what I mean? Like, because when the democracy, you dissipate the responsibility amongst not only all your representatives, but amongst everybody. Because in democracy, it's like we are the government. But, you know, in a fucking monarchy, it's like, you know, no, that dude's the government. And if he fucks up, we will uh, we'll roll out the guillotine. <laughs> yeah. And and then also, too, warfare in a, in a monarchy is much different than it is in, like, democracy. Because warfare was usually, especially a feudal system, was set yeah. up among the... Uh, the lords and knights and stuff. And those were people yeah. who kind of, in a sense, already agreed to it. Cause they're like, Hey, here you get this land. But with this yeah. land comes, if I call on you, you're going to come fight. <laughs> like, and so yeah. the peasants usually just kind of chilled while the Royal people were doing their dumb shit and like, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I'd have, to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I'm swayed by the, uh, <laughs> the cliff notes of the argument, but I do, I do definitely see, significant problems with democracy when people think that democracy means you can vote people's rights away and you see that you see that tendency in the united states and you've you've seen that that uh impulse uh strongly in the past you know past year specifically people have been saying Oh, you don't have a right to go out and, and get other people sick. They have no way of knowing if you, if you have COVID, if you're transmitting COVID, but they're still very comfortable with saying you need to be locked down with force if necessary to prevent the possibility of you transmitting COVID to other people. 
you you know we we touched a little bit on on vaccine passports and stuff and those i'm fully 100 against any kind of vaccine passport but there are people out there that are very comfortable saying we voted to have these so you have to show us your papers we vote you know and and obviously anyone that's in any way interested in uh in in this you know the right to self-defense and in in you know gun control and stuff there are there are plenty of people out there that are very interested in saying we voted you don't have the right to own that gun you don't have the right to you don't have the right to keep your house private we think that the government should be able to go into your home and search your home because we think you might have a gun and so people are people are very very interested in in voting your rights away even if they deny it they will lie to your face and they will deny all day long that they want to do it and then they will vote all of your goddamn rights away so I am very much opposed to a direct democracy because it is a terrible idea because people have some horrific impulses in the in when they think that it's for the greater good. Yeah, no, it, it, direct democracy and really I would even argue a constitutional republic, which is just democracy in more steps, it, the incentives are just fucked. It's just I do think that it does to some way, to some extent, the constitutional republic generally does buttress you against those incentives to some extent. But I mean, we can, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole of that. But yeah, it definitely is like the incentives are all wrong. Like mm -hmm. the voters have they they all they have to do is gain by like say for example it's a a, a budget for should we have ubi or whatever or some shit like of mm -hmm. course they're gonna vote for it like especially like what, what do they have to lose like and especially because yeah. they're i mean when you dissipate the responsibility of governance among the entire populace it becomes they also are all low information voters like yeah and and, and, and they're <laughs> voting they're voting for results whether or not those results are actually mm -hmm. it is possible to produce those results you, you, if you have people that say, if you have a, a politician that says, I'm going to do this and people say, I want that. So I'm going to vote for that politician. There is no reason to believe that just because the government passes some law that what the politician said he's going to do is actually going to be produced is going to be produced at all first of all and second of all it's not guaranteed that it's going to be produced without externalities that are far worse than the you know the situation without trying to produce whatever result was promised yeah you know? all right uh, we kind of touched on morality a little bit and i kind of wanted to go back to that because mm -hmm. there is something to me and you both being atheists and uh, there was i was kind of mentioning that there is utility to religion i do think especially when it comes to morality that was kind of what i was driving at and you kind of you know went there as well is i do think there's something to yes with the judeo-christian like values and stuff it is this pre-set up fucking you know, set up values and morals. And I, I completely agree that like with most ACS and that you can completely come to a functioning, like good moral system through logic. But it's really, it's really pretty simple. It's like, I don't like when people hurt me or take my stuff. So we should, I should advocate for others to not hurt people and take their stuff. But for some people, some reason people struggle with that. So that's where like religion kind of comes in. So I want to kind of know, like, how do you derive your morality? Like, I don't know, the big divide, everyone's like objective, subjective, you know. Uh, I mean, all, a lot of times it's just semantics anyways. But I kind of, I kind of want to get how you derive your morality 
and go. <laughs> well, you know, for me, I, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm a bit of an idealist. Um, because I think that things like my word are important. Um, and, and just because, just because I'm saying that and other people will say that too, does not believe, does not mean that they actually believe it. There have been, and, and for me to say this, I don't expect people to really believe me, honestly. Um, so I was in the Marine Corps, uh, you know, back in the nineties for a minute. Um, I got a medical discharge and I got sent home. So it's, it's nothing to be, to, to boast about or anything. But one of the things that, one of the things that attracted me to the Marine Corps was the, the whole, uh, you know, duty and honor part of it. Like, I think that it is important to try to protect your honor. Um, and, and I think that there were, there are some, significant benefits to an honor society which we don't have an honor society anymore um but i do think that there there are benefits to having at least respect for an honor society and and to try to protect your word and your honor um people are going to go ahead and and assault you you know verbally assault you all the time and and they're gonna do what they can to slander you especially the the more you do the more heat you're gonna take from people that just don't like the fact that you're doing something um but i do think i do think things like your word is important um i think that it's important to do the right thing when it comes to business dealings i like you know, I don't, uh, there, there might be people out there that didn't like working with me, but there's no one out there that's going to say that I was unfair in the way that the business dealing went down. Um, there's no one that's going to say that my, I, I went back on my word. If I said something, I made sure, or I do my best to make sure that that's what happens. And if it doesn't happen, it is because of something out of my control and it is still my fault because I'm the one that was responsible for making that happen. There was a, there's a, a thing that goes on in uh, with uh, some, some of the guys, some friends of mine that are in, in uh, um, special forces and stuff. And one of the things is if you mess up, you need to be, the first person that's telling everyone else that you messed up. You need to make sure that everyone knows you messed up and they need to hear it from you. And you need to say, I won't do it again. If you mess up and someone else finds out and you try to hide it or you try to shirk responsibility, then you've messed up twice because you did the mess up and then you messed up by not taking responsibility for it and owning it. You know, um, and those kind of things matter to me and, and to some people they don't, but I think that in a virtuous society, those kind of things are foundational because if every, if you have a, a society that everybody knows that when you shake hands and say, I'm going to do this in a bit, in a business dealing, if everybody pretty much believes that the person that says, I'm going to do this is going to do it. 
you have a society that has much significantly less friction and the less friction in your society, the easier it is to do business, the easier it is to, to have community because you can trust your neighbors. You can trust, you know, the people that you're in you're doing business with etc. Um, if you have a low trust society, you end up with crime. If you have a low trust society, you end up with people uh, that are stabbing each other in the back and, and you end up with bad business dealings and you end up with a, an economy that doesn't work as well as it could because you don't trust people in, in your business and in doing business. And so that means you have to have more lawyers and you have to have more protections and you have to have more bureaucracy and, and just, and, in a low trust society, you end up with more, more big government and bigger government and government in, in and of itself will always try to accumulate power. So if you have a, a government that's trying to accumulate power and a low trust society, you end up with people going to the government for redress of grievances more. So it's, it becomes a, 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 uh, a loop. I forget the, the term for it, a, a positive, a feedback negative loop. feedback, yeah, feedback loop where, yep. You know, just a, where you've got bad results, people go to the government, the government gets more power and the government having more power produces bad results. And so people uh, live with those bad results. They go to the government for redress of grievance and, and you know, it, it just tends to feed on itself. So um, I'm not really sure where that came from, aside from that was kind of what was instilled in me by my father. Mm -hmm. um, but... I think that that's right. And it's not the easy, the easy way to live. It's not the easy task. Um, I, I, it is, it is very humbling because you see how frequently you fail. You see how frequently you're tempted to be like, man, I can just not say anything and I can scoot out of here right now and no one will know, you know, but you know, you know, and, and when you take shortcuts and you cheat and you don't do the things you could do, you're the person that knows. And that, you know, it, at least for me, it, it kind of eats at me. And, and again, I am fully aware that I have failed and had shortcomings and I do constantly, but I really do try to live a virtuous and honorable life, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a good answer. Like, I mean, fucking at the end of the day reputation is all you have so even even yep. really i don't think it pays to be a skeevy fuck like yeah. you know it's like in the long run i mean don't get me wrong i kind of am like you probably i don't know if you've read sterner but i i kind of like in a lot of ways take a lot of my morality from sterner and that i think you know principles should serve you and not the other way around but i also think in a sense it serves you to, for the most part, operate by those principles. But it's one of those things that if sure. you're in a situation where you have conflict, like conflicting uh, values, it's kind of like, at the end of the day, I'm going to go with what serves me. But that's, so that, that only really applies in insane scenarios. It's just that a lot mm -hmm. of people get caught up on those and like, what would I do if my family was starving? And it's like, well, do what the fuck you gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and that's, but that's a reasonable perspective. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're talking about starvation and stuff like that, in today's society, very rarely are you really faced with those kind of choices. No, very at this rarely. point, it's all my family's getting too fat. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. what is it, 70% of America's overweight to some extent, you know? Yeah, it's a, I, I can't help but laugh whenever you hear, like, the fucking statistics about the people who are starving in America. And you're like, fuck off. <laughs> 
now. Like define starving. But yeah. <laughs> all right, let's let's bring it back full circle. We kind of talked about the minarchy anarchy thing. I'm gonna do my best and not be an asshole, fucking autistic, you know, anarchist, and try to argue with you because I just I just want to hear you out here at your perspective. It sounds like you're kind of more minarchist ish, but I've heard some things that make me think I think you really might be an anarchist because, like, so I guess first off, I think the two things. Like, do you find the state to be legitimate? Do you like find it legitimate for it to happen? Like, I understand. Are you just like a? Do you take the stance as a necessary evil? Is that is that where you're coming from? I I don't know that it's necessary. Um, but I've yet to see. I don't I don't know how we have the absence of the state. I guess. The idea, I like, it sounds great, right? Like the idea that all people are free without co and live to live a voluntary lifestyle where they live without coercion. Like that sounds great. And I am on board. How do we get there? That's, that's literally it. Like, how do we move con and consider, especially starting at, at the point where we are, where we literally live in the, you know, in a country with the biggest, most expansive, most technologically advanced government in all of human history, how do we move from where we are to a stateless society, or at least a uh, a to a a point where inside of the borders that we currently have? How do we move to, to the point where there is no state? Because I'm not against it. I, I love the idea of, of privatizing as much stuff as possible up to and including the, the police and courts if we could. Um, but again, I, I am not the smartest guy in the room and I don't know how we do. But, you know, I'm not opposed to it at all. And I have no particular love for for the government or for the, the state at all. Okay. I, I got you. I used this uh, analogy the other day with, I think it was Patrick McFarlane. I was talking to him and we were talking about like this very same thing, how I think in a lot of times people, I, I get people get hung up on whether it's necessary, but I think, I mean, it's, you're kind of on the line. Like would you technically, I mean, it really all is all semantics, but at the end of the day, what really matters, do you recognize the legitimacy? And we, we kind of talked about because it's like in principle, the government is no different than a mob. Yeah. So like, I mean, it, it, so yeah. Yes. But because they're just it, the, 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 the legitimacy comes at the barrel of, you know, comes out of the yeah. barrel of a gun. But so. now the, the difference between a mob and a government is the perception by the populace that's ruling over. Sure. So like a mob will generally most people that are live in a town that's run by the mob, they won't under they won't recognize its legitimacy as like ruling over them, but it will be one of those things where it's like, well, there's Tommy and he's gonna shoot me in the fucking face if I don't give him protection money. So here's your protection money. And yeah. it's like if if we can get people to that point where at least they can recognize it, I mean, whether or not it's necessary or not, it's kind of almost a misnomer. At the very least, if we could just get people to recognize like, hey, this is not legitimate. These are thieves taking your fucking money. Then like, cool. Like, and, and it is one of those things where I think it becomes unsustainable at that point. So, yeah. You know, again, I, 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 I don't have any kind of objection to anything you're saying because the way the government run, the way the government behaves, it's unquestionably, uh, you know, it's it's force, it's violence, it's threats of force, it's coercion. Um, that's the only thing the government has. They can, you know, well, 
they control the issuance of the currency, but you also have the ability to say, I, you know, you, you can use other things. Um, you know, gold and silver still work. If someone wants to pay me in Bitcoin, gold or silver, I will still, you know, I will trade with them. Um, you know, the, there are, uh, there are gold backs out there, gold back bills that are, I've got actually, I've got some coming in the mail soon. Um, I'll take gold coins. I'll take Bitcoin. Uh, you know, I, I have no problem with, uh, you know, living, uh, in the gray markets, um, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I totally respect that perspective that the, the government is illegitimate, you know, to ex or is, is not fit to exist and is illegitimate in, in its methods. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not, uh, I'm not opposed to those ideas at all. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, but good luck paying your mortgage with that. I mean, I, I kind of get your point too, where it's like, it's almost like this, like whether it's necessary or not, it's almost like we have to prove it. And it's like shit, like what mm -hmm. you just mentioned about being like, well, I'll accept gold. I'll accept Bitcoin. It's it's like doing it in demonstration. It's kind of a lot of people talk about living anarchy or living free. So it's sure. like, if you can, it's about creating, I mean, really is a lot of it's like entrepreneurship. So like that, yeah. like that, you know, like, or if you're someone who maybe can figure out some way to where, you know, you can develop a mortgage system that isn't so like with its balls in the clamp of the government. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously that's a long ways off. Like great things like, um, you might've heard of freedom cells by John Bush, where literally like, he's like just building up groups of like localized people. It's almost a network of people where they're just kind of like engaging in sort of a lot of gray market activities, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, the idea is as it builds, and I think he's in like tens of thousands now, but all across the world. But as that grows, you know, like you can kind of demonstrate how this would really work. Like I, he's even saying like, eventually once it gets big enough, you might be able to be like, Hey, you know, call, call the group, you know, so-and-so is getting red flagged, you know, shit like that. Like, yep. so, and that's, I think that's kind of how we demonstrate how it can react and can, it can, how it can work. And maybe we're wrong. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe we're ingrained to have this, this belief and authority and it's, it's inescapable and it'll never happen, but I don't think so. I like to be optimistic, but I can kind of get the hang up. And it is one of those things where it's like, but we need to demonstrate it. I think yeah. it's things like Bitcoin, you know, shit like that. We kind of, 3d printing we kind of almost are slowly demonstrating like well fuck you we're gonna do what we want <laughs> yeah i think you're i think you're right and i think that that uh technology is is the means to do that because people talk about oh well bitcoin you know you it, it's traceable and da 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 sure but there's still monero and there's zcash and there's there's other uh um other cryptocurrencies that are designed to be actually private and designed to be fast um, and Bitcoin's kind of that on-ramp um, for a lot of people. Because once you've got Bitcoin, you can trade for other cryptocurrencies. And, and again, I'll take Monero. I'll take Zcash. You know, it, you know, if I if I could find if I could find a uh, uh, you know if I could do a tour where we got paid in Bitcoin or whatever, I'd be fine with that. I'd do the tour where we got paid in Bitcoin. But I can't find a bus company that's going to take silver. Mm. You know, I can't find a bus company that's going to take Bitcoin or take cryptocurrency. Um, I, I can't pay my my taxes uh, with with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. And that will get dudes at my house with guns, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're and at I ain't that, that gunfight. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that people like to say is like, it, especially on Twitter, it's like people are real quick to call other people bootlickers because, you know, like, oh, well, you know. So I forget what it was. Someone had 
had made a comment about getting into a gunfight, you know, getting into uh, a gunfight with the cops and uh, or 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 listening or whatever. And it's like, look, you're going to lose the gunfight with the cops because there's more cops. Mm-hmm. Like even if you even if you get into a gunfight with the cops and you win like that gunfight, you're, you're going lose. to you will be getting into another gunfight with the cops and you're you're outgunned. Mm-hmm. So you might as well like if people are like, oh, don't lick the boot, you might as well suck start the Glock because you're going to get killed. Yeah, it you're depends not what you're finding. Yeah. You if know? you're saying like, oh, you wouldn't fight the cops. It's like, I mean, this the scary thing to me in that scenario, though, is that like a lot of these like no knocks and shit like that. They're exactly that. They're no knocks. and just Someone busts yeah. into your door. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I keep my shit locked and ready to go and fucking in a reliable location nearby <laughs> yeah like fucking you know like so if someone bursts through my door in the middle of the night or fucking create some loud noise i'm immediately just gonna jump out of bed and grab the gun and like not miss a beat so yeah i mean that's the scary part now if if somehow i realize along the way this is cops oh, okay like and this isn't to me be like i'm some bootlicker but i'm also not fucking retarded like i'm gonna be yeah. like uh, and especially, I mean, it'd be one thing if I was like a single guy, like maybe I could be like, oh, I'll go out in a blaze of glory just because it's fucking badass. But even then, probably not. But with no, a family, but, <laughs> because you, if you go out, you don't get to watch yourself being a badass on the yeah. news tomorrow. You're out. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. You know, you're down yeah. for the dirt nap. And there so. is something too. I think like someone who's well trained can actually probably take down a, a a good slew of pigs, but they're gonna win <laughs> by attrition. You are <laughs> so. you are going to lose that gunfight, you know. And even you, if you somehow win, like you're good good luck. I mean, you always hear these like crazy stories about like witnesses or some shit later or something that somehow just mysteriously fucking gone. <laughs> you you uh, they don't call it suicide by cop for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like if you run out there with with if you run out there with a gun. They call it suicide by cop for a reason because you're going out there knowing you're going to die, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't endorse fighting the cops fight no. in court. Hopefully you'll win in court. I mean, and I, and I, I mean, that ain't a good, good option either. Don't, no. don't get it. You know, don't get me wrong. I ain't saying that like, you know, that the courts are, are, are something that you can rely on, but, your chances are better in court than they are in that gunfight with those officers stacked up wearing body armor and you're there with your dick hanging out and your your rifle, you know? Like, yeah. you're naked, homeboy. You are fucking naked. They got body armor and those bullets are coming fucking fast. No, it is dumb. A lot of people do get hung up on that. And it's, I don't know, that's just like lower level thinking. And it's like, I will admit that I... I don't think there's anything morally wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, and if they burst through your door, fucking go right ahead. Like, but uh, I, I don't think it's gonna work out well for you. <laughs> Be my guest. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not getting into yeah. a gunfight with the cops. No, no, I, I completely agree. This is exactly why I think the boog. I always joke about the boog being the big dumb, and that's like a lot of people get upset with me, and I'm like, I think it's kind of stupid. I mean, depends on what you mean, like de- definitions yeah. wise, but like. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, we could totally take over. I'm like, I don't disagree. You can. It's just, uh, is it worth it? Like, I mean, I if mean, you get enough people, sure, maybe. I, I, like, <laughs> but I, I, when I think of the boo of a boo, of a boog situation where it works, it's like, look, you're gonna end up with your community, and you're going to be taking care of your community. Yes. If you're in a city, you are fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's it, it. You are, yeah. you are doomed. You are absolutely doomed. So like the people that would survive the boog are the people that have already gotten out of the cities. 
you know, if you live in the city, you are fucking doomed. Mm. I mean, really, I think that's just a, a good pathway going forward, period. Like, get yeah. the fuck out of the cities. Get but out of the fucking there, cities. Especially Boog-wise, that's true, too. But, I mean, my, my line with the Boog usually is if it's just some co collectivized defense thing, sure. Like, but if you're mm -hmm. doing, if you're in any offensive capacity against the state, you are fucked. And even then, in a defensive capacity, you better have the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the, the thing is, if you've got, if you've got a, a as much as you know, we we just spent the past hour dumping on uh, on voting and and democracy and stuff. But if you've got like, if you've got a sheriff that's good, at least that sheriff sheriff has to serve his community because they will get voted out. They had they have some kind of incentive to do what the people of the area want. You know the people that they're they're that they're charged with being the sheriff for the county or whatever. So at the very least, they have to answer to the people on that level. Local police forces, that's all political. They got to answer. They got to answer to the mayor, and the mayor probably doesn't have to answer to the people. You know, uh, for the most part, your your bureaucracies and cities are are almost no better than the federal government. Um, especially when you're dealing with a larger, a larger city, you know? So I mean, there, there is definitely something to like, like say with, us mentioned, John Bush with this localized networks of people. Cause even in those situations when you're dealing with like a local sheriff or whatever, it's like, you know, like, yo, like we know, we know where you live. So I mean, shit, what was it? Uh, God, um, not, um, old, old fentanyl homeboy. Um, fucking, George Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, him. Yeah, they they fucking they were Fentanyl people. Out. Homeboy, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I'm, I'll get shit on for that. I'm not saying it was all that okay that he got squished, and or there was. I mean, obviously, this is all fucking result of the state. Just the first disavow, thing came on. <laughs> disavow. Yeah, I mean, it's also questionable was the OD or not. I don't know. I don't really care either way. The cop react acted in, in an improper fashion. Whatever. I caveated all that. Either way, I remember people were like at that dude's house, like in. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if you, especially if you create more of a localized presence, there's something to that. And I would have legit, the only thing I was concerned about in that scenario for like the, the horde of people that his house was like his family. But if yeah. you, if you could be like, it's just him in the house. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do whatever you want, <laughs> but yeah. Um, <laughs> what a, no better way to end this. <laughs> I'll just God. leave it right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I do think there's definitely something to the localized thing. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and drop, bring it to an end. Uh, you want to go ahead and drop whatever plugs you got in case people don't are living in a rock and don't know who you are? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Phil That Remains. So I'm Phil That Remains on Twitter. I'm Phil That Remains on Twitch. I stream Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, singing all the Remains songs. I'm Phil That Remains on YouTube. Uh, my Patreon, if you want to uh, check that out. Um, that's patreon.com slash fill that remains. Um, I post, uh, videos that I make of shooting of meditating, which is probably one of the more boring ones. Cause I just sit there for 15 <laughs> minutes, but, uh, I post videos from the studio recording behind the scenes stuff from making all the remains records, uh, memes, all kinds of stuff. So, and it's three bucks. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, check out the, the Patreon. It's, patreon.com slash fill that remains so and if you're wondering if i'm on a social media platform just look you know search for fill that remains and that's probably me 
All right, cool. Awesome. I was just, you know, it was a little improper. We already did your plugs, but I was just thinking some one more thing I want to ask you if you had a sure. minute, we keep it short. I was just curious what your influences were that have kind of brought you along this line of thinking. So I know uh, it was a politically, yeah, just politically, philosophically, morally, whatever, all, all that shit, just in general. I'm I mean, a, a lot Ron of those kind of go hand in hand. So <laughs> I'm a Ron Paul guy. So yeah. I was, I was, I was a, when I was a teenager, I thought Bill Clinton was cool because he was on MTV playing the saxophone and he smoked pot and you know kind of wink wink nudge nudge um and then when uh when impeachment happened uh he lied under oath and i was like well he lied you know so they got to remove him from office and then people were like oh it's only a blowjob and i'm like wait a minute it's not about the blowjob he lied and so then my opinion my impression was the democrats are the party that lies and then uh, we had uh, the Iraq war and weapons of mass destruction and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, holy cow, the Republicans are the party that lies too, um, or rep- the party that lies as well. And I was like, well, they're all just garbage. And then I, you know, heard about this guy named Ron Paul and, and started reading, um, you know, stuff that he was talking about. And I started listening to Tom Woods and uh, I learned who Lysander Spooner was. And I read Bastiat and, uh, you know, Milton Friedman and, and going on through the, uh, the libertarian ideas and, and, or libertarian thinkers and stuff. And so, uh, but Ron Paul was the guy for me. He was the guy that was like, Hey, you know, uh, you can, you can think that it's okay to own guns and also think that, uh, the drug war is bad and also think that the war in Iraq is bad and also think that the federal government is bad and, and taxation is theft and, and et cetera. And he, he was just uh, speaking my language. Yeah, no, I mean, pretty much if you don't like Ron Paul, then fuck you. But <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's kind of where I stand with people. <laughs> as far as libertarian, as far as libertarian ideas that have been in the government, I mean, Ron Paul is, is, uh, is pretty great. I like Thomas Massey. He's pretty, mm-hmm. he's one of the, one of the handful that I like. I like Justin Amash. Um, he, you know, there was some stuff that I disagree with, you know, probably both of them on, but, uh, but they're, they're the guys that I kind of, uh, have, uh, have a bit of, of at least sympathy for, um, yeah. you know, they're hit or miss. Washington. That's for sure. Rand's you know, a little I mean, disappointing, but you know, yeah, you know, I, I like, I, I get <laughs> yeah. why Rand's disappointing, but I still of the, of the, you know, the people that are in Washington, Rand, Mike Lee, Thomas Massey, and and Amash isn't there anymore. But those three are pretty good, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, I mean, they're politicians, you know. I mean, so, yeah, but when you're comp- when you're when you're when you're like comparing them to Ronnie, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I, you you can't compare them to Ron and 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 be like, oh, all right, these guys are great. Yeah. But at the same time, you can definitely compare them to oh, I don't know, Liz Cheney. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely yeah. credit where credit's due. They're, they're great on a lot of shit. Like, fucking Rand was just holding Fauci's feet to the fire, yep. like, just the other day. Yep. I mean, like, there's always some good shit. But every now and then, you'll, you'll see some shit. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? Absolutely. Like, uh, like, Absolutely. Like, Rand, just the other day, I don't remember what it was, but it was, like, you know, kissing cop ass for something stupid. And it was, like, and it's just, I mean, yeah, they play the political game. And it's, like, this point, especially mm-hmm. with somebody like Rand, whose dad was, like, yeah. You know, it's kind of like that, like a uh, fucking Star Wars quote, like you were the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, we already did the plug. So uh, for me, I'm on No Way Jose YouTube channel, um, anywhere audio podcasts are at. 
Hit me up at thelibertymovementglobal at gmail.com. Like I said earlier, give me money. Patreon.com, so Snow Way Jose 2020. Or with crypto and the fed.app. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. Dude, it's been fucking awesome. It really appreciate you coming on. No sweat, <laughs> man. It was a good time. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, we're going to end broadcast now. <laughs> <laughs>